Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode... I treat all of my calls as a strategy call. Like, And a lot of times I say, you're not ready. And here's the five resources to go figure this out for yourself so that you can be ready and then make the money that you should be making. Because it's so common to get on a call where they're just trying to make the sale and they're not actually digging into, are we a good fit and can we actually help you? Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle. My goal is to inspire you by chatting with entrepreneurs about their successes, their failures in life and in business. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral, a real estate investor, a creative, and I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years. Got my start in New York City as a junior art director, made my way to the top of the corporate ladder and realized there was the proverbial glass ceiling. So I hung up my corporate hat and started my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using podcasts and social media marketing, along with the help of my other company, PodMax, which hosts live and virtual events for top performing entrepreneurs to get them on podcasts and to learn from our keynote speakers and our massive network. So to learn more about that event, hit up podmax.co and sign up for the next event. They're happening each and every month. So as always, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with two to three of your friends to continue growing our community and to help others grow from the knowledge shared here and learned here on this podcast. And before we jump into the show, I'd like to share some of what our sponsors, partners, and good friends have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about PodMax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next PodMax event. Hey, everybody. This is Todd Genitasio filling in for your usual host, Eric Cabral, on the Entrepreneur's Circle today at PodMax. I'm super excited because, as usual, we are bringing experience to the table for you entrepreneurs uh, through an awesome guest here. Uh, I will be interviewing, and you're going to learn a lot about, especially if you are, you are a physical products brand, uh, we're going to be diving into how to really build up your brand and grow your revenue significantly. But even if you don't have a physical product brand, stick around because there's going to be a ton of great nuggets in here 
from our guest, Jamie O'Connor. She is a mad scientist and strategy nerd uh, dedicated to helping brands understand their growth opportunities in the digital landscape. She's got a great history that started all the way in the fourth grade selling scrunchies all the way up to some other beauty brands more recently with Happy Hairbrush and Saver Beauty. So I'm excited to hear the journey from fourth grade scrunchies to uh, an adult professional in that same world. She's worked with other great organizations like the NFL, NCAA, USA Cycling. Um, And what I'm most excited about is where we're really aligned here, Jamie and I, um, on her mission, which is to educate up and coming brands with the knowledge they need to level up and play in the professional arena. So everybody buckle up your seatbelts. This is going to be a great episode and uh, welcome to the show, Jamie. Hey, I'm so excited to be here with you today, Todd. Yeah, this is awesome. So, uh, fourth grade scrunchies, like let's start there. <laughs> T- tell us this, you know, so you are the typical <laughs> Gary V stealing flowers, uh, out of the yard and selling them back at the door. Right. So you're a natural born entrepreneur. Is that right? Yeah. I like to joke that I was born with entrepreneurial blood in me. And <laughs> I mean, I was born into a entrepreneurial family. So this has cool. just been a part of my life forever talking around it, you know, around the kitchen table at night. And, um, I, I like to joke about the scrunchies thing. It really came out of a fourth grade exercise where it was like, everyone needs to create a product that we're going to like do and go around the class and sell to each other. But then I kind of took it to the next level and I like kept selling to my friends. I kept <laughs> sewing them and then selling them to my friends, Very cool. um, you know, for their lunch money. Yeah. So that I just have always had an interest and a drive for that. I also took our shed in the back and created a like mom's helper babysitting business. I just oh, nice. have done that over and over. Yeah. Um, and my first LLC business was a uh, where I registered it with the state and I actually made money, um, was a grocery delivery business back in 2007. So wow. Talk about like uh, ahead of your time. (laughs) (laughs) I seriously wonder all the time, what would have happened if I had chosen to actually continue that instead of (laughs) on the weekends, which was what I chose to do and not continue running the business. And I'm perfectly happy with that today, but (laughs) Cool. So take us along your journey. Um, you know, where, you know, what's your business now and, and kind of how did you get that started? Yeah. So it's really interesting because this is my fourth business. So inspired focus digital is the fourth business that I've started. Um, I had two fairly successful businesses, the grocery delivery business, which was like, I put a website up and suddenly I had customers. It's well, let's not tell an, too many people that annoying you know the story. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, back in 2007, it was a totally different world. It was mm-hmm. just a different way of going about it. We were doing a lot more organic strategies like SEO, mm-hmm. um, paid, I mean, Facebook didn't even really exists on a paid digital front. So it was a different world. And then I got into the event management side. My work ethic alone got me to where I got to, which was working at Super Bowls and Final Fours and doing really amazing international events that you know, for a mid 20 year old, you kind of feel like you're on top of the world. Like, how did I get here? This is amazing. (laughs) Um, and probably had a little bit of an ego around it, which 
led me to my next business. I burnt out in event management. I decided I was going to go do my own product and um, build an e-commerce store that was a social enterprise. And I had a lot of heart and passion around um, the social enterprise. I really believed I was going to you know, change the world as I think a lot of us entrepreneurs do yeah. and think. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about digital as you do have to when you're starting your own business to be able to get into it. I'm a really big believer that um, early businesses should do that themselves. They should dig into it and learn it so that they can one, take the money and actually put it to the things that they need to do. Um, but also know what is happening so that when they are at that point of hiring somebody or an agency, they don't end up in a position where they have blindfolds over their eyes or they are, um, you know, losing money. And that happens to so many people. It's a huge reason I got into this because that led me to, well, losing my life savings. (laughs) shutting down the business. All that scrunchy money. All that scrunchy money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I'd done well on the event management side. So it was significant and it, it brought me to like those really deep places of depression and figuring that out. And, um, but man, I learned so much and I chose to go about building this business in a totally different way. I went to work for an amazing product brand amazing entrepreneur. Um, it was called silly pint. They had, a um, a utility patent still have the utility patent on silicone drinkware. The founder and CEO at the time had invented the product. Um, when I got there that it was a couple million a year in sales, mostly wholesale e-com was like a very small percentage and they really wanted to grow it. I was a team of one basically with like my direct boss, handling marketing and like a thousand of other things and not having had a ton of experience. So I was in a mentor situation and I really had to take all the experience I had and dig into learning more, learning how to actually do direct response, conversion, focused Facebook ads and Google ads and all of those things, really good email automation, all of the things that helps set up your foundation conversion rates on your website and doing conversion tests and doing all of those things. And I got to understand the operations behind the business and, you know, margins and what that takes and how we look at a product and we're like, oh, 75% margins. If we go direct to consumer, we're going to make so much money. Well, okay. But actually you have to put 25 to 30% of that into your advertising. So, you know, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that you have to know and learn. And I kept running into agencies that didn't understand that. They were like so laser focused on their part of it, the marketing that they're doing. And they're not thinking about the bigger picture where if our marketing was doing well, if our Facebook ads were doing well, they'd be like, well, we need to spend more money. And I'm like, you do understand. I have like, we have POs from China that have to come in a certain time and like inventory turns and like capital that's out doing that. This isn't just a situation of like, turn on the faucet or turn it off. And like digital um, products where you can do that kind of thing. Totally. And so I just kept running into not finding partners that were actually strategic partners. They, Mm -hmm. they were so focused on whatever their little channel was that we didn't 
I didn't have someone that could be there for me on that side. And when I'm, I did build a team of five around me, which was amazing, but I'm still running marketing for B2B and I'm running marketing for B2C and I'm trying to build the e-commerce website. I'm trying to do all these things. I needed someone that could like hold my hand a little and be like, this is how the funnel needs to be built. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was, I was there two years. They got to almost 10 million. I saw the path. I built the team and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my entrepreneurial roots and I'm going to help the people that are me. I want to help the people that are in my exact position Mm -hmm. to say, I am, I am your like outside CMO and we're going to make this happen for you kind of idea. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a very long winded <laughs> answer to your story. No, but I, but think, I, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's 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 great though, and it's great context too to know that like it's almost the why behind your business, and like yeah. that you had been there and you saw this need. And I think you know a story I tell often is you know when I started my agency in 2011, I was doing a lot of like you know local websites for mom and pops, and how often do you have the conversation that they come and say uh, we need a new website? And I say, okay, great. You know, whatever, what kind of budget do you have? And and they say, well, we just spent $10,000 on a new website three months ago, but it doesn't work and it's not what we wanted. So now we have $500 to give you. And I'm like, okay, you know how ridiculous that sounds. Right. And like, and so that, that story had, you know, just played itself out so many different times. And I'm like, there, um, there just needs to be an educate. There needs to be more education where people are very quick to buy something, and um, and to know that people like yourself are out there and, and want to help empower versus just like you said, focus on that one little area and that's yeah, it. make the sale. I mean, I I I was on so many sales calls <laughs> with agencies <laughs> where we would just run through their deck, and then they'd be like, okay, this is how much it is per month. And I'm like, you don't want to know anything about our business. (laughs) Like nothing. Um, And you know, I don't, when I get on the call, a sales call, I still handle all of our sales calls um, because I love, I love talking to the clients. I love consulting. Um, And we, I have an amazing fulfillment team that just kills the Facebook ads and has so much understanding and expertise um, to be able to consult on on regular things. So I've really started to focus on those initial conversations because I want to get to them before they decide to go pay someone else who isn't going to actually help them like make the right decisions. So I treat all of my calls as a strategy call. Like, and a lot of times I say, you're not ready. And here's the five resources to go figure this out for yourself so that you can be ready and then make the money that you should be making. Um, Cause it's so, so common to get on a call where they're just trying to make the sale and yeah. they're not actually digging into, are we a re- good fit? And can, can we actually help you? Yeah. I love, so. I love the saying um, uh, that I've seen in much in the more modern sales conversations and sales trainings where it's um, uh, a, prescription before diagnosis is malpractice, right? And if you totally are prescribing yeah. people your solution, but you don't diagnose their problems first, like that's not cool, right? It's not good. And, and we just, you know, in PodMax, we just had this great hour long sales training role play with Chris Doe who walked through like being helpful and qualifying people and not selling because you need to make money, yes. but selling because then you can help the people. 
Um, yeah. I think that's huge. And so you, you said something that um, I want to, I want to go down the rabbit hole on. Yeah. You often have clients who call your prospective clients and, and they're not ready yet. And so you send them to these other resources. So for the entrepreneurs listening and they're like hyped up to get a marketing agency, but they might not be ready. Let's make sure they don't have those bad sales calls where they yeah. just get sold to what is quote unquote ready to work with a marketing totally. agency. Yeah. And I, okay. So, so many things here. Oh, oh my gosh. I can go. But we can talk about this for hours. Um, but so th- there's some super foundational things and this is both you as a business owner should be thinking about this and know these things. And if you get on the call with someone and they're not asking you these questions, big red black, right? So what is your lifetime value for your customer? That is so huge for so many reasons. And it goes along with the next one, which is what is your average order value? That's an easy one. Most people in e-commerce, you can go to your Shopify or your WooCommerce and it's like right there. Lifetime value is a harder one. You actually have to take the time to calculate it. You have to look at who are my my top sector of customers. What's their lifetime value? What's the next one? What's the next one down? And do some analysis around it. And I would say 75% of people I talk to haven't done that work. Even if they have the money, the conversion rates, all the things that they need, otherwise, they still haven't done that work. So, you know, you can run ads and everyone focuses on ROAS, return on ad spend. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important. I know it's really important to be looking at what should your cost per acquisition be? What is your cost per acquisition to be profitable in your business, not just your advertising. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Like, And like you said before, when you work with a marketing agency, especially if they're not a physical products agency, everyone and you know wants to sell online courses and digital products today. So they think that what Facebook says is ROAS. You spent the dollar, you made 10, it's 10X ROAS. Well, that didn't take into account the actual cost of your products and yep. all of your margins, right? And so- And margins with, is another one of those things yeah. that you should be thinking about. And yeah. I can tell you right off the bat, the things that, so for me, if you're advertising in the US, um, $50 and under can be really hard to break even. So if you're at that point, if you're, your cost, if your typical average order value is $50 or under, you need to have a couple things. You need to have money on the back end. So that initial one, that's your acquisition. Do you have subscription services? Do you have additional things to sell those people? Like what is, how else are you going to make their money? Because you're probably going to generally break even on the front end. Um, So that's where you want to have a higher lifetime value and recognize that this is your customer acquisition journey. And there's things you can do with advertising. And we do a lot of to nurture those people so that they keep coming back and they're raving fans and all of those things. Um, but that's a huge one. You should have a two to 3% conversion rate on your website. That's about industry average for e-commerce. So uh, I have a, I, can we, de- I, I want to yeah. try not to geek out too much because you yeah. and I could geek out on oh this God, really hard. Yeah. Um, but I want to remember that the audience here is entrepreneurs in yeah. general. Um, but the idea of a 2% conversion rate is something yeah. that I've always kind of gone back and forth on over the years. Yeah. Is that, so that's, a 2%, is that a, I look at my website traffic and all of my website traffic is X and I'm getting out of all that, I'm getting 2% traffic. But 
are you talking about that? Or are you talking about when we run direct response ads, like you talked about before, that the conversion rate is 2%? Because those are two different things, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I'm looking at your website conversion rate. I'm going to assume your ads are going to convert less than that. If you are at 2% on your website conversion rate, then you're in danger zone because your ads are going to convert less than that, Mm -hmm. right? So your website as a whole needs to be converting at a higher level to know that you're going to do well on that side. And that's all work that you can do and work on, right? Before you start dumping money into ads. Because all ads are going to do is accelerate the fact that it doesn't work. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And so, um, you know, thinking of that too, and that, you know, if you, if you run ads, you know, for the entrepreneurs listening and they say like, okay, our website's doing, you know, our website's doing well, we have a baseline here. Um, we want to pour some, some fuel on the fire and take things off. Right. Like, so we want to, oftentimes I see a, a common misconception or mistake is that businesses, they say, all right, let's run our sales ads right out of the gate to everyone. Right. Yeah. So what's your take on that? And how do you advise entrepreneurs on approaching, you already mentioned the word customer journey, right? So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So this is also kind of speaks to my own journey in, in, um, digital advertising. Cause I really started. And when I learned at the beginning was direct response because it makes it so easy. And to define that for anyone listening, that isn't a digital marketing (laughs) geek. Um, it is, I am sending you an ad that I want you to do a specific action on and have a direct response for. So I am saying, here's a purchase ad. I want you to go purchase from this ad. And, you know, Facebook especially had, it built this engine to do just that. And so you could run only purchase ads and make tons and tons of money. I mean, those early days were ridiculous. It was gold (laughs) money. It was the blue rush, right? But that has changed a lot. And over the last year and a half for me, I have dug into some more strategies that are really about building audiences, growing and nurturing those audiences, respecting the customer journey as a human being. And I encourage my clients to actively think about and look at what how they interact on Facebook and Instagram and those things. And how often are you buying from that first ad you see? How often does that really happen? And how often do you actually end up buying something from that brand six months down the road, even if it's a lower price product? And that matters. So how do we do that? And what we've moved to is a very content, very video heavy strategy that nurtures people and provides value through time. So we actually, even for products, and a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around this, but I have a few good examples of it um, where uh, you essentially build a bunch of, of video content on the side of your direct response. You're still running those. You're still trying to get the low-hanging fruit, the people who will purchase right off the bat, and then will purchase two days after seeing you and all of those pieces, the ones who added to cart and abandoned cart, those all happen. But on the side of that, you have content that educates your customer, that talks about the frequently asked questions that you have, 
that does product demos and shows why you should be purchasing it, that has video testimonials from your raving fans and your clients. And they're seeing that stuff on the side, kind of going back to traditional advertising ideas of you really need multiple touch points before somebody's going to actually trust you enough to purchase. Just like we would never ask them. Well, I get there's some crazy people who would, but <laughs> generally you're not going to ask someone to marry you on the first date. Yeah. And you know, like, of course, lower price products, people are going to make impulse buys, but how much money are you leaving on the table by just doing that? Yeah. So there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. I think when you when you do dig into value, you do dig into content and you and you work on those that part of it. Hello, this is Josh McCown, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business, reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. So for the business owners listening and they're like, okay, I get it. You're right. I am not, I don't want to propose on the first date. I don't, you know, I'm not someone who's just clicking and buying stuff all the time. That makes sense. Okay. So this customer journey, this content. So what kind of ad budgets should entrepreneurs be thinking about? And like you rattled off a few different things there. So like how many different campaigns are running? How much are we spending? What do we expect? How long do we expect it to take? So we, generally we've gotten to the point where our lowest end that we would ever recommend is 3000. You can do it for less. We have a month. Yes. Sorry. 3000 a month in ad spend. We do have, a client that spends a lot less than that, their average order value, the amount that each product costs is about $400. So there's a, you can get a really good return on it. Um, but generally 3000 is about the lowest that I see being really successful. And that allows you to have campaigns that are focused on purchase and campaigns that are focused on nurture and abandoned carts. Um, so we'll typically have, about five campaigns running at a time, three focused on purchase, two focused on um, introducing people just by getting the brand in front of them to get them into the funnel and one focused on nurturing for an extended period of time. Um, We use Kurt Molly's belt method almost entirely, which you and I talked about. Other people aren't (laughs) going to know unless they're in digital marketing, but that's a place that I would send people to learn if yep. they need to do it themselves. Yeah. I think it's a good, do you want to, want to speak through the acronym so people kind of totally. get an idea maybe? Yeah. So Kurt's belt method is, um, B stands for belief. So introduction, getting into that belief system. E is for engage. That's that nurture sequence on the side. L is for lead. 
Um, not everyone does lead campaigns, especially in e-commerce, but it works really well when you're higher ticket, consulting services, and then transact obviously is whatever transaction it is that you want. So for a consulting or service side, it would be getting on the phone, probably booking a phone call. Um, for us, it's making that purchase. It's actually buying the product. So yeah. That's awesome. So are we going to, are we going to get a, a scrunchy Shopify store from you anytime soon? Oh Is that gosh. in the works or well, what? You really, I, I haven't sewn a scrunchie in so long. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, one of these days I might open something. I've always thought about a photography store. Actually. I, oh, it's okay. like my side passion that I've thought about many, many times. I have a client that is in the SaaS side of photography. And I'm always like, maybe I should take advantage of this. <laughs> um, so one of these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, um, you know, back to the kind of educational thing. Um, yeah. You know, we have clients come that are not ready yet. Um, I think every entrepreneur can learn from that in any kind of service, right? Is that recognize and accept the fact that sometimes people won't be ready. I'm curious in building your business. Well, when did you start this agency, by the way? Um, so I, the agency itself started in January, 2018. Okay. I started taking clients on the side before that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Agency. So, in it, in its so you, you have a call where you're, you're recognizing you're not ready yet. And you said, here's, here's other resources and you're sending them. Are you sending them to your own free resources? Are you sending them to other places? And I'm curious, like from a business building standpoint, like, are you thinking about, do you need to add in a product line pre your, you know, that fills in before what you currently do to help people? Or, you know, how do you build a business when there's, when, you know, there's other gaps that your clients need before they can work with you? Totally. So currently I, I have been sending people to the resources that I personally learned from. So one, I'm in a lot of those communities so I can continue to support them if they do actually take advantage and do the things that they, they need to do to set themselves up for success because I'm in those communities. The people who run them are my friends and mentors and I really trust them because I learned from them. So yeah. Um, in that way, it kind of still, if they choose to go that route, stays within my ecosystem and my world. And we may not end up being the right fit in the long run. And at least I know if they do choose to go into those communities, there's a a lot of other really amazing people that I would fully trust those people to work with. Um, so that is like Kurt Molly's belt method. He just launched a, 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 beginner's level, which is amazing for this particular reason. Um, Molly Mahoney does a lot of live organic stuff. I love her stuff. I personally use it myself. Um, I teach my clients it. So there's a few of those people that I direct people to. I am starting consulting pods um, next year that, you know, it isn't that super beginner phase. It's more, I actually want to double my e-commerce revenue next year. Um, and it's, so it's working on, yes, a little bit of ads foundations that they'll be implementing themselves potentially, but it's, you know, what do those conversion rates look like and what are the things that you can work on email automations, um, messaging and really understanding your avatar, understanding what your lifetime value is. Can you increase that working on all of those things and working on your content and the things you need to do on that front so that we can build 
from January, February through the year so that when you get to quarter four, you've built such a solid foundation, you can actually get those crazy, amazing return on ad spend um, that hopefully you're getting a little bit through the year. So I am adding that piece of it into the business largely because I love the coaching side of it. I love getting on my, my sales calls where I'm, I'm like consulting people and telling them. And I, and I want to get in front of people before they're, you know, paying an agency four grand a month that mm-hmm. isn't actually their partner. So, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm right there with you. And I'm, I'm super glad we met because like I said, I don't really do the e-com stuff. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to have you as someone that I can send people to and know totally. that I trust the hands that I'm putting them in. So let's say Same here on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we talk about people getting in, in bed with the wrong agency and, mm. and maybe they made a mistake and maybe they, you kind of gave some good tips for people who, if you're interviewing agencies, make sure they're asking you these kind of questions and that they have this kind of approach, right? Now, what about for people who are working with an agency? And I think there's a lot of people and especially maybe more um, like not older entrepreneurs from a generational standpoint, but that you get complacent with an agency and you just the old school mentality of not expecting much from, they're like, we need a marketing agency we like these guys, they're cool. And they, they quote, seem to do a good job, but like, they're not looking at these numbers like, okay, what is our return on ad spend versus our profit margins? And are we actually making money here? And how do we scale this? Or should we scale this? Or how does it fit into the business? And how do we expand? So for someone who is maybe listening, and they're like, wow, we've been working with people who we don't really think about, they're just a vendor. And they're, they're doing the activity that we ask them to do, but they're not a partner. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some things that the entrepreneur can think to either as a red flag for the people they're currently working with, or like maybe, um, you know, how do you transition away from a bad agency? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I am, I, I was always looking for, and I think you should expect of an agency is for them to be proactive is for them to be asking you, what do your next 90 days look like? And how can we support in a creative process to make sure you're super successful on those things um, and help you do that? And there's lines there on the agency side, of course, with like making sure you're not going out of scope. But I I do think they're going to be more successful in their success for you if they're proactively working with you about what's happening down the line and planning for those campaigns ahead of time. So to me, if your agency is not doing that, then you should expect more. That that should be something that you can and should expect out of your your partners in that way. Um, you know, I I think if you want to transition to someone new, it is important to have somebody who is asking the right questions, who audits your account and gives you very clear, transparent feedback before you ever sign a contract. Um, You should be able to ask what their strategy is going to be and they should not be afraid to give it to you because I, I, I know that what I do, I couldn't walk you through it in an hour call and have you go execute it. Like it's just not going to, you're not going to be successful at it. Right. And I know I provide that value. So if you are searching and looking for that, then um, that is a piece of it. The other things that I think, and I have not seen this as much in the last year, but I think it still happens, um, is anyone who doesn't 
if you're working with an agency where you don't own everything, you, you don't own the business manager, the pixel, your ad account, those things. Um, if you don't know, you should be able to ask the agency and they should be able to be very transparent and honest with you. Those are really important pieces. It's happened a lot less. It's a lot harder to get away with today, but that is your data. You are paying for those ads and that that's a big red flag. If, if somebody, if whoever you're working with or you're talking to wants to keep things inside a black box, that's not how it works anymore. And it actually took, it, it took me a second to even realize what you were saying there because it's so far out of what I would ever imagine doing. And it reminded me of this story. And so, and, and for the listeners here, this is something super, super important. Um, that you want to be the owner of all of your accounts and all of your data yes. and all of your ads and everything. And, and I actually have, um, I'll say client, but it's a family friend that, that was one of my first websites that I built when it was pro- probably still a side project at the time. And his domain name, the previous web designer bought and tried to sell back. Like when he's like, Hey, like, you know, my, our family friend is doing websites and he's going to make our next one. They're a small business. And and the guy tried like, I mean, thousands of dollars he tried charging. And I was like, no, no, no. I've, we, we got ownership of it without having to pay him. But in my mind, thinking like a web agency was owning the domain for their clients' websites that they were buying. And like how many companies, like if, if he weren't working with me, you know, he wouldn't have, he probably wouldn't have known to not pay the guy a thousand totally. bucks or whatever, you know, like it's crazy. And, um, and it's nuts. Uh, and, it's nuts and- that that stuff goes on. It's nuts that it goes on. Like I said, I've seen it a lot less because Facebook and Google have taken a lot of steps to make sure yeah. that it doesn't happen. But it is an area where people can get the wool pulled over their eyes. And mm-hmm. it just, you end up in such a hurt place where you don't own any of the things that happened. And I, we had a client who, I mean, millions in ad spend. Mm. And the, it, you know, it's just, so that's, it happens very rarely today. I don't want to put fear in people's minds. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. something that can happen. But I think asking about transparency is a huge piece of that. And whoever you work with should be very willing and very open to both make sure that you own everything and be able to talk you through it. Like yeah. you don't have to understand what I'm saying right now. You should be able to ask your agency about it. Right. And um you should own every so you should own everything and they should be able to talk to you about their strategy and yeah, not yeah. and that shouldn't ever be an issue yeah so, so now this is a self-serving question for both you and I now we have our audience of entrepreneurs here right not not digital marketing geeks like us you touched you said the word uh out of scope before yes and <laughs> this is something that uh, gets under all agency skins, right? Like clients always try to push, whether intentionally or not. Um, they always ask for everything uh, to the moon, no matter what the engagement is. Now, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say respectfully, our audience here is amazing, wonderful human beings, and they are not intentionally trying to steal time and money from their agencies. So, what are some ways that a business can respectfully discuss an engagement and what the scope is like when they do need to ask for more, like what's the right way for business owners to think about that kind of thing when they're engaged with a, with an agency or a vendor of any kind, right? Like, yeah. Well, I think first and foremost is 
to respect that they're also in business and they also have to have a profit margin to successfully pay their staff and make sure your service really, really well. So if there are additional things that you want to do or you have ideas, expect to have a quote for it. Expect that that should be the case and I think be happy to pay for it. And I know that sounds like crazy probably to some people, <laughs> right. but the reality is if you want to be serviced really well, that comes at a cost and it comes at a cost in time, time in the agency. I think a lot of people look at agencies and they see only the time. And so it's like, well, you know, that there's no hard cost there. Right. Um, but the hard costs for me are I have a team that services you really well. So I do have hard costs. I do have a remote agency, so I don't pay for office space. So I do try to like respect the other side of it. Mm-hmm. I think, and this goes to the same conversation as before, the burden also falls on the agency. You need, and you should, this might be a red flag if an agency is always letting you push on them to get it because you're not going to get the service level that you should. Mm. And something to think about on that side. Yeah. You might be getting a ton out of them. You might be like, Oh my God, I'm getting so much work for so little. Are you really getting the level of service you could be getting if you were paying this, the rates that you should be in on the agency owner side you know, we have to set up those boundaries and I set up those expectations. We have a very clear onboarding call right from the beginning. Um, and I have funny gifts that go along with it and we have a really good playful discussion, but these are very real things. We are not going to answer your emails unless like literally the sky is falling down on the weekend. That's for time with family because you should also have that. So yeah. all of those things, it's on both sides of the coin. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the early conversation I think is super important. And I want that to put that on our listeners radar as a conversation that if the agency is not having it, that you should bring it up and say, Hey, look, we we're on our first date right now, basically. Right. Like we're just yeah. kicking off this relationship. We're both really excited and we think this is going to go to the moon. Um, but like, let's make sure we understand those boundaries. And like if, if and when mm-hmm. we need to ask for something additional, what's the process like and what's the protocol? Cause we don't want to get you guys upset and then working, you know, out of spite. And I think also when the business does start like sending a bunch of requests and things happen, like you said, and if the agency is just taking it on and doing it all, it also shifts the relationship mindset from being that proactive partner that you want in your agency to an order taker. Totally. And And I think that's important to think of too, is that don't treat your agency or any vendor like an order taker if you want them to be a strategic partner. Yes. Oh, that is, that's so key. I love, I love the way you just said that. And I think that's exactly true. Um, and very, very important to recognize for sure. Yeah. All right. We are getting the one minute left uh, I know, flag what here. A bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so if everybody wants, uh, anybody wants more of you, you said, um, you know, you have these pods coming up, which I think sound yeah. amazing. So if you are a physical product business, definitely check out one of these things to get started with Jamie, um, or they're interested in learning more about what you talked about today. Where can they find you? Yeah. So actually I thought of something while we were on this call. Um, and So I normally send people to a landing page, but honestly, I think if people would find value in it, I have this foundational framework document that um, I'm putting together for those pods and it walks you through all of those 
things you need to like the questions you should be asking yourself. And I'd love to give it to your listeners, to the listeners of the podcast. So they can actually just email me directly at my personal email, which wow. is uh, Jamie, J-A-I-M-E at inspiredfocusdigital.com. Just mention that you heard me say this and remind me about the document. <laughs> um, and I will send it to you because I think- amazing. It, it'll, it provides that foundational thing for you to be looking at and thinking about and know what you should be working on. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. really appreciate this. And I'm super, super grateful for the PodMax community putting us together. This was a great match and I'm excited for us to, you know, really start a, a friendship and relationship out of this. Super and fun. Thank you guys, everybody for listening. Thank you, Eric, for having me. This has been Todd Genitasio on Entrepreneur's Circle. And everybody, make sure you check out PodMax too um, because it's amazing, podmax.co. And check out Jamie and send her an email to get that free resource. That sounds amazing for all the entrepreneurs listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks so much. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Yeah.